0: everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Reading Party podcast with Megan and Lexi. This episode continues our season looking at modern retellings of the Iliad and the Odyssey, ancient epics known for both brutal violence and instances of sexual assault. This episode is not suitable for under-18s. We hope you have your favourite beverage and snack ready to go, because we've got our teas and are ready to start spilling the tea on our latest ancient story. So, the movie Helen of Troy. I had so much fun. That was that was amazing. It's like it, it felt like a very slightly higher budget Hercules, Adventures of Hercules, but about the Iliad. It was beautiful and cheesy and wow. What 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 are your immediate thoughts?
1: Um, well, ever the, the, well, okay, whatever. I'll just say, um, I immediately thought it was a great watch. It was very entertaining. I liked a lot of the production value, especially at the time it was made back in 2003. I mean, goodness me. Um, also just like comparing it to what we have now though. I'm like, oh my gosh, leaps and bounds have been made. But also in terms of the the narrative, it's, it was to me like a mixture of, uh, troy fall of a city because it has a lot more like backstory and epilogue to it but they leave out some really key things so it's like a mix of fall of a city and the brad Pitt troy and i did really enjoy the cast like more than i thought i would although some of some of the times i would like look at the the, the person who is playing said character and i was kind of just like what what this choice seems out of left field like i i would say it was funny because when i first saw uh uh, Rufus Sewell as Agamemnon I was taken aback only because I imagined him to be older and Rufus Sewell was like young and attractive and I was like excuse me what is this and then to have Menelaus
0: be not looking anything like his brother and and he's so Menelaus is I'm looking at the actor now because he's intensely familiar to me and he's amazing and I love him I had a lot of that with
1: some of the people in the cast, though. I was like, I've seen them before. I don't. I couldn't tell you what they were in, but like, I've seen them.
0: Now, I I can't work out where I know him from, but he, I I know him. I know his face, and he was the most likable Menelaus I have ever come across. I know, but that's also because I was like, this
1: Menelaus was like. I mean, looking at the characterizations of these characters that we've seen through several adaptations now. Also, I was shocked because my initial thought was this might be the first Paris and Helen that I haven't absolutely just objectively hated passionately from the moment I saw or heard of them. Um, but they sort of like inf- I didn't like how they sort of
0: infantilized he- Helen at the beginning, the beginning was a little. I I started watching it, and she's obviously a grown woman. Yeah, they're like you're a child because she just is, and they keep saying you're just a child. I'm like, if that's just a child, good lord, they are developing early these days. And it, it was like weirdly, bits of it were weirdly sexually charged in the beginning, like her and her brother was a little uncomfortable, and then you have Theseus, who's like, I mean, where the hell did he come from? I know that's why that's when I texted you and I was like I was
1: like Megan I was like oh my god I was like there's a random character played by uh Stellan Skarsgård and I was like um but he's like some random person that is not in the story and I don't know why he's here he adds nothing really to the plot but it's entertaining as hell because he's
0: I love him as an actor I couldn't work out why he kidnapped Helen at all I know, not to marry her. There was no reason. It was just like, I'm going to steal you now. (laughs) And then he casts slots with his buddy, who was, by the way, low-key hilarious. They're they're like sneaking into Sparta to steal Helen. And this guy with with Theseus is saying, this isn't fun. Swimming in shark-infested water is fun. This isn't fun. I'm like, you're easily my favorite minor character and you never ever appear again but then they cast lots to see who gets to take helen home and i'm like what what was your plan if you didn't win exactly uh but then he takes her he's what the ruler of athens and he takes her to athens for reasons no one actually knows and he keeps telling her no you're a child we're just friends and then you kind of come back she tries to seduce him, and then she says, but you always said we'd get married, and he's like, oh, we were just rehearsing for your real true love. lover. Like, what the fuck has been going on? Exactly. And how long has she been here? Um, but then her brother appears and just kills Theseus and then is killed. Yeah, what? So then Helen gets taken back to Sparta, and her father is so furious that he essentially just abandons her in the courtyard full of Greek kings. And it's like one of you take her. I don't want this woman. What?
1: What? the huh. Hmm. I was like, this is the, the weirdest beginning to an Iliad retelling, because I was just like, I think the the beginning is the most trippy. It's the most trippy because you're like, this is random. Why is this person here? It's it's. I'm sure it's not gone. Also, I was like, okay, Theseus had nothing to do. I was like, what?
0: Well, why is Theseus here? Exactly.
1: Yeah. So when he was like, my name is Theseus and I'm king of Athens, I was like. Uh okay, wrong timeline. Oh, also, did you get that weird vibe? So, like when they're giving the Paris backstory, because it, it so it starts. It's called Helen Troy, but it kind of starts with Paris and him looking in in the judgment of the goddesses. So, so you have this very short scene with the goddesses, and then when it's so trippy when Aphrodite's like. She doesn't tell him explicitly, really, but uh, she's like, here, Paris, like, like floats the golden apple toward him. And it's like, what I will give you is seen within. And then you just get like this weird thing where like, like her face shimmers into existence on the apple. And then a, a detail that is not in anywhere else. And I don't know why it was here. But then he sees Helen's face and then Helen, it like jumps to Helen in looking in, like, a pool of water and then sees Paris's face. And then she's like, I've fallen in love. And I'm like, what? And I was like, excuse me? Yeah. So that was, like, real weird, real trippy. Um, but, yeah, the whole, like, Paris thing was just um, interesting, to say the least. I, I, and, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, you have Cassandra as a child being like, Daddy, kill him. And he's like, Okay, take my child. <laughs> like <laughs> like throw him off the the top of Mount Ida. Bye. So I mean it was just uh quite a quite an entrance. And then and then when he like comes back the unlike um well it's similar to Fall of a City where he goes back because he has he has to get in the fighting ring. Um but in
0: this one he defeats Hector, which I was like, uh that would never shocking. have happened. Very shocking. And you've got Cassandra kind of walking around the perimeter of the um of the ring, just staring at him. And then she's behind Priam's throne and she says, Kill him! And he's like, This is familiar, what is going on? <gasps> it's my son! Magically recognises this child he hasn't seen since he was approximately an hour old. Um I I did enjoy what they did with Cassandra, though. That was she was an excellent character. Yeah, no, that was really good. No, I was I was Because she's kind of, she's sane to begin with, and then it's almost like Priam, well, he believes her, and then he's like, you're just, you're getting on my nerves now, and we're not going to listen to you, so I'm just going to casually throw you in a dungeon and leave you there for 10 years to go mad. Parenting at its finest here. (laughs)
1: what what that's what you do it's 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 teaching us valuable life lessons when you have a problem child you just throw them in a dungeon and don't think about them that's
0: what i need to do with my four year old
1: (laughs) just throw them in a dungeon and be like and be like i'll see you when you're 14 bye no you may not have more snacks to your dungeon (laughs) I mean, well, we have nicer ways Cinderella just no you may not have that. I'm going to send you up to your tower and lock you in the room. Same same deal. Um but yeah, so but then I was kind of like uh when he is walking around uh Troy, I found it really interesting where he's talking about trade missions at one point and then he was like, "Oh, this is such a multicultural city. It's the richest in the world." And then he says this weird trippy bit about we control the door to the aegean and the riches and the spices of byzantium and i'm like um timeline does time mean anything i was like excuse me i was like byzantium is like a thousand years after the fall of rome and here we are in like 600 like before christ i was i'm just like i can't even help um timelines guys timelines it was I, it was
0: just, I so just so fun. Completely removed from most actual, I mean facts, because it's it's a an epic poem. But most actual content of the poem, you have the bare bones. I did think Agamemnon was excellent, I, just because I love that actor. He is just a creepy dude. Yeah, he, I mean he's he's a, he's a great actor, but he's a creepy dude at the start. He remains creepy he's like borderline mad because of the Iphigenia sacrifice thing that he's also a massive misogynist and you see that right from the get-go but he doesn't even like his brother which is weird too
1: like no he just doesn't like anyone I don't think no and it was just really weird and different because I think if you're expect, like like the, the Troy one makes him. Them- appear a bit closer than I think they probably were. The fall of a city version, I think, struck a better balance because that was clearly like a, yes, at the end of the day, it's like he's, their brother brothers, so they will fight, but also they weren't like this, I'm going to hug you now, and I'm going to, you know, so it was interesting because it, but this was like a, a wild departure. But also they were, they were younger than I would expect them to be because they're described as being like older, um so the fact that you have a young Rufus Sewell just being like yeah that's me i'm agamemnon so he does kind of have that creepy smolder and and it was so interesting because when he looks at like when when you get um and it's interesting because this is the only adaptation where you see atreus alive he's like a character and you're like oh we're we're going there okay we're going there. atreus is a person and he's alive and we see them before agamemnon is king sure um so when you see and it's interesting because this is the only adaptation i think i've seen where um you you get to where agamemnon is engaged betrothed whatever you want to call it to Clytemnestra
0: so it was i I'm liked scared. her by the way she was a good Clytemnestra she,
1: what also her character development was great because you see her like first interactions with helen and then you see her last interactions we'll get to that but um yeah guys it was wild but she was really good um But Agamemnon had this weird thing where like he was literally being presented to his bride. He's like, yes, I claim this woman as my bride for two seconds later for Helen to show up. And then he's like creepily like staring at her. Creepily
0: leer at my apparently child sister-in-law. And it's we keep we've emphasized this, but the number of times they say in the first half hour of the movie that Helen is only a child and you've got all of these men literally just standing there leering at her and she's kind of half dressed, she's been out gallivanting around um the hills by Troy and riding a horse and her hair's all a mess and her clothes are kind of like she looks like she's been pulled through her head backwards, but sexy. And because she's emphasized as a child, having Agamemnon leering at her is it's very creepy. It's very creepy.
1: Yeah, not just him, but, like, even Theseus and the friend. I mean, the minute after he kidnaps her and she's, like, struggling and she's, like, "What are you taking me? What are you doing? And he's, like, "He's like, yes, you have a power because he's, like, oh, also they made her the daughter of Zeus. And I'm, like, well, that's a new one. They're, like, daughter of Zeus because you are the, the daughter of the divine. That is why your beauty is the best in the world and everyone is going to be weakened by you. And I was, like, "Oh." Okay. Okay, that's
0: interesting. Isn't isn't she supposed to be the daughter of Zeus and Leda though?
1: I don't remember. I don't remember. I thought she was no because they. I think they said I think she that was-, was in Thousand Ships
0: as well. I thought
1: they said that she was the most beautiful mortal woman in the world from mortal parents. I don't know. Oh dear, I need to go actually find. Because wasn't she her parentage? Didn't
0: Zeus seduce her as a swan seduced later as a swan
1: oh he might see that's the thing Zeus seduces so many people to be fair he
0: seduces so many people
1: that yeah because I'm just like like, I can't remember because he seduces so many people well either way in all the other um, adaptations it's never explicitly said like your beauty is the result of you being the daughter of Zeus so that was to emphasize that was completely new But, yeah, you have this weird, I can't, I mean, I keep coming back to it, but the weird, like, Theseus thing,
0: which I don't know why that was there, but it was entertaining. It was just so bizarre. It was entertaining. I was glad it was there just for, yeah, entertainment value, but it was so bizarre.
1: But, like, even him, like, when he first captures her, he's, like, leering at her as a child and is, like, your beauty is amazing. And then he does this whole thing where he, like, gets super close to her and then he's, like...
0: Are you going to kiss this And then she says that, like...
1: but it was disturbing because she had that like disturbing rape line where she was like, are you going to rape me? And then he's kind of like laughing and, mo- and he's like, I don't rape children, which I'm like, great. But also like, why is this line in here? I-
0: also good, but.
1: Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why is this in here? But so he luckily does not rape her, but he just like takes her back. Um, yeah, it was so weird. But also yet yeah, to-, to-, to meet your captor and then have your captor immediately be like, we're going to be married one day, so uh, just, you know, sit tight, and then and then reject her when she's, like, finally, like, wait, I want you, but... Um, I'm old enough now. Yeah,
0: so then, that's weird, but... Um, I'm actively seducing you, and I'm not allowed to because I have to marry someone else?
1: Yeah, so I was like, okay,
0: that's weird.
1: Um, but then, okay, skipping a bit forward to when Paris is discovered, and he's fighting Hector, um... I was just, my initial thoughts were, good God, how can this man be fighting when he clearly has, like, broken ribs and a bunch of broken other things, and he's, like, still fighting and winning? Right, against Hector. Yeah. And wins? And wins! Yeah. I, I was like, okay, that was... Also, the fact that they made Paris the bigger man, the tall, physically taller, and... I thought he was, like, broader-shouldered. I think I found the guy who played Hector, like, he, smaller. He
0: was, I think, generally a bigger person.
1: Which I was like, um, but isn't Paris supposed to be the wafy, like, little weakling? So this was very interesting to see. Um, what? Um How did you feel about the actor who played Hector, generally?
0: I enjoyed him, actually. I think he did a good job of kind of... He got the general fury of, um, you are going to destroy us all and I am absolutely powerless to stop it. But then you, you kind of see their relationship grow and develop. And obviously there's a massive 10 year gap because they, you get like the first day of fighting and then you have Menelaus doing the voiceover saying, and then we were there for 10 years. And then at the end, so on the first day of fighting, um, Hector saves Paris's life and that's kind of the turning point for them. And then on, on like the final days, they've clearly become very close and I think they did that very well.
1: Yeah. The, the time jump was a, bit jarring just because they they put so much into random uh prologue stuff the theseus storyline which the theseus storyline took up like the first what like like 30 minutes it was a good 40 minutes yeah 30 40 minutes and i was like okay um and then when they finally have also it's funny because you hear of all the kings of Greece um, were competing for Helen's hand. And in this one, their competition was putting rings in like a jar, throwing them up and being like, well, whichever ring lands next closest to the jar, you just win her. And Menelaus just happens
0: to do that. I, I did. So it was completely not what is written. But I I enjoyed that because... Of the whole Theseus, like, subplot kidnapping thing. Her father is... Because her brother dies in the attempt to rescue him, rescue her. Um, her father is so upset and angry about having lost his only son that he turns her out into this courtyard. The kings are all there for the funeral. And he says, like, literally, someone take her. I don't want her anymore. So she's not... And they, the kings have this whole discussion about how she will bring doom and destruction to whoever she marries, but they all want her anyway. So it's not this like, competition of honor. She's not this high status. Um, I mean, she's beautiful, but she's disgrace as well. So they're like, ah, it's just not worth going to much trouble over. Let's not fight. Let's just do this random game of chance. And before we do that, by the way, let's all agree. And that I felt was quite cleverly done by Agamemnon to give, like uh, a reason one day for him to be in command of the whole of Greece because it's come up a couple of times that he wants to rule the entire Aegean so they agree beforehand as as they do in in Greek mythology that whoever like whoever doesn't win Helen will come to the aid of her husband should she ever be stolen which is very convenient Um, and then they do this game of chance and Menelaus is like yes I win and and takes that and then randomly when paris is in sparta which is framed as an excuse like it paris thinks he's there essentially to get killed by menelaus so that his family don't have to kill him so troy can still stand and menelaus does strongly consider it but then helen and paris escape beforehand but you you get to sparta and clytemnestra and helen are bathing and Clytemnestra's like don't let him do this to you when father punished you you always fought back why aren't you fighting back and Helen's like there's no point and you're just sitting there thinking what on earth is going on I don't understand I am very lost and then she gets out of the bath totally naked and just walks into the feasting hall turns around and stands on this plinth and it's never explained (laughs) is used by Paris as an example for why the Greeks don't respect women and why Helen is so much better off in Troy. And, you know, I agree. She seems very unhappy. I would be much happier in Troy. But she just is standing there naked. And the men stare at her and then kind of go about their business. And then later when she's in the bedroom with Menelaus, he says, you did well, the kings were impressed. I'm like, what What was the point of this? Why were you parading your wife naked through the halls? what most random scene and then in this movie most random scene is actually saying a lot but definitely most random scene
1: yeah yeah i was like i i mean yeah i just i was kind of speechless because i was like okay well maybe they'll explain it maybe she will explain no just walks naked just walks naked and then you're like okay well and then as she's standing on this like stage essentially showing off her nakedness to all these leery men you see Paris coming in and like suddenly makes eye contact and she makes eye contact and it's this really weird thing where she's like oh and then it's like slow motion and then it's all like movie whatever effect and then you're like okay yeah I was like movie magic to its at its finest uh so that was like just trippy and then yeah and then she's like talking to Paris kind of and then she's like randomly kissing him on the ramparts and then you have a random Clytemnestra like sees this and is like what are you doing uh, the whole thing in Sparta I was just and she says
0: I've loved him my whole life yeah and I was like you saw his reflection in a pool
1: <laughs> you didn't know his Let's name. not get confused you didn't know anything about him you just saw a random photo in a pool and then declared your love I was very confused for most of that everything in sparta was
0: confusing and
1: beautiful yes i don't know everything in sparta was a bit confusing um so okay so so then we fast forward to oh and then and then i remember so so when she was leaving um she initially tells paris no i'm not coming with you she's she's
0: breaking him out of sparta so that Menelaus doesn't kill him and then yeah i'm not yeah. coming i'm not coming and then says no i won't leave with you and then
1: he's like okay i guess and then like gets on his ship starts to leave and then she just suddenly she swims in she just like <laughs> she jumps in the water and is like no wait. yeah and then she's like well now we're
0: fucked but okay cool
1: great wow ah, we're going home and I was like, oh, okay.
0: there was this nice little scene with them on the beach, though. They're like halfway to Sparta, yeah. uh, to Troy. And they're like swimming in the sea. And she says, why don't we just stay here? And he says, I'd make a better shepherd than a prince. i like, no doubt, friend, mm. no doubt. Uh, but we have to take the men home. And then they see the ships of uh, um, of the Greeks, which is fascinating because there has been a two month delay between the Greeks getting together and then leaving because of the wind. So how they caught up quite that fast, I don't know. Um, but it was a nice kind of plot device to push, uh, Helen and Paris home when they were strongly considering not going.
1: <laughs> yeah. So that was weird. Um, they did include the sacrifice of Iphigenia again in this adaptation. And, uh, the girl who played Ephraim was younger in this version than even Fall of a City. Yeah, she was an actual and,
0: kid. Yeah.
1: And I was like, oh, my God. Well, so, so uh, of course, Agamemnon is creepy and horrible, but um, he tried to be a good father because there were several scenes of him, like, swinging his daughter around, emphasizing how, like, he was trying to be a good father. Uh, and then, so it's it was shot much differently, but, yeah, basically. Also, I was like... Nestor was playing with her, and then one, and then someone just like grabs a child and brings Soldiers her and
0: randomly steals her.
1: And Clytemnestra's just not there, so I was like, okay, but yeah. So it was, I was like, oh, please don't show anything, which I'm glad they didn't because she was so young. Yeah. Um, yeah. So because they couldn't give this little girl agency the way that they gave the older one, so. But that was And it was
0: a beautiful, horrible touch when she's walking up to the altar. She's got a guard on either side and they're both holding a hand and she's doing that thing my kids do where they jump and kind of hang yeah, on a wee, arms. I'm like, like up, oh, up and down. Wee. She's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So But no, it it was um I was glad they didn't actually show Yeah. Really an awful lot of blood or gore at all, <laughs> considering the other adaptations we've watched it was a surprisingly blood-free uh movie which i you know i appreciated. uh troy fall of a city was excellent but i was a little bit very gory um very gory yeah yeah i was kind of kind of done with with blood by the time i finished that so watching this was a nice change of pace i've also found out why i recognized the actor playing menelaus yes why he's he's in a bunch of stuff he's in um he's the like the psychologist in Star Trek.
1: Oh. Oh,
0: okay. He, okay. Yeah. He's he's Bashir, That's, isn't he? Yes. I think he's Dr. Bashir. He's also in um, Battlestar Galactica and in um, Bridget Jones. He's her
1: Ah, uh, no. It's Bridget Jones Diary that I'm most connected. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. There we
0: go. Yeah. So this is all of... I, this is, explains why I was... Mm-hmm. Very familiar with him and really struggling to work out why he looked bizarre in Greek armor. Because he's in Star Trek. He's supposed to be in Star Trek uniform. Um. Right, so we did a then Yeah, so then
1: then they get the wind and then they sail to Troy. And then you
0: do get... Magically making up two months in a matter of hours. Yeah.
1: And then you do still get the parlay scene that they included in Fall of a City Mm -hmm. where Menelaus and just Odysseus go and um, essentially say, return Helen. And then you have this great scene where they're like,
0: Prime's like, for what? And he's like, what what do you mean why? (laughs) She's my wife, sir. But then Prime's like, so is it, is she chattel? Is it like, what? do you own her? What's going on? And Menelaus is essentially like, yes, I own her. Give her back. Um, or we will burn your sissy. And Odysseus is like, Menelaus, shut your pie hole, please. And it, Men- Odysseus is like, it's a matter of love. And any man whose wife was taken by another man, whether willingly or not, would act with passion because it's love. Um, and Priam says, you have spoken wisely. We will give you our answer by dawn. And then no answer comes. It's just like, fuck you all.
1: Yeah, well, and then, and then you have this whole scene where like when Paris and Helen are there, Helen's just like led in this great, beautiful garment. And then she just announces to everyone, I would like to go home. Thank you. Send me back. And then they're like, what? Yep. I don't think so. Yeah. And then Paris is like, oh, no, what? Yeah. It was like very random. Um, yeah. So then they get there, they fight, they have the first day of battle. And then we skip 10 years. What did you think of that first battle scene? It was. Or really all of the battle scenes. It was interesting because it's different than I assumed. Also, the armies look smaller, <laughs> but you no, know, I understand for budget reasons. But um, to have like the Greeks. Like disguise themselves and sneak kind of into not the upper city, but they were somewhere, I guess, maybe Mm -hmm. up against... They were in the lower city. Yeah, so then they just like rip off these disguises and they're like, we're here! And then they fight and...
0: At one point Paris and Hector actually swing from some tapestries hanging on the wall and it was just... It was giving me Robin Hood King of Thieves vibes. Yes! Honestly, that whole battle was just... Yes. Ah, it was really camp. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. There were
1: so many, like, cringy moments, though, in this. (gasps) Achilles! (laughs) What did you think of Achilles? Um, okay. Achilles is strangely bald, and his armor, which we have really detailed descriptions of... Are like strips of leather that will not protect you in battle. And also, it's so wrong because the entire movie was him being like, I am Agamemnon's man. And I'm like, no, you weren't. The whole source material is how much you hated that pig and he stole your shit. There was, and then there was no Briseis. No 10 year self. Yeah. And there was no Briseis, no, there was not even Patroclus.
0: There's no Patroclus, and it was like it was no. It was just Achilles being like big and actually terrifying, and he was just like a brute. He's a brute. If he was playing D anD D, he'd be a barbarian.
1: Yes, exactly. Yes, no. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. It was, it was just the 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 strangest thing, honestly. It defied expectations, all any expectations, really, um, and. Yeah, there was no Patroclus, no Briseis. The fact that he was like Achilles, uh, that he was Agamemnon's man, was strange. His armor was not. Also, I was like, okay, but in what world is the duel between Menelaus and Paris longer and deserving of more screen time than the duel between Hector and? in Achilles, which was, I mean, that was just weird. I mean, you you think you know what's happening? You're like, okay, it's fine. Like, uh, I know what's what's happening. They're gonna duel, and and then, um, because I was confused, because like, I, uh, Menelaus like throws the first spear. It draws a bit of blood, and then suddenly Paris is like getting a bit slow and a bit weak, and he, he just looks like he's about to pass out from, like, dehydration. And you're like, dude, come on, get it together. Please tell me you're not going to, like, actually be dehydrated.
0: And you find he's been poisoned. But not enough to kill him. Menelaus cheated too. He poisoned the spirit. The mist? No, just enough to really slow him down. And then somehow they end up They're in, in the, the mist stable. Like, they fight through Troy. Yeah, the, yeah bizarre mist. And, and Melus is like, ah, the gods must favour you. Yeah, and Paris says, I could have told you that. I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, dear. But then they're best
1: friends. It was beautiful. But what you get is this, like, bro scene. Yeah, I was like, you get this weird bro scene where you're like, okay, these two men should hate each other. And then instead of, like, when when it looks like Menelaus is about to win, I was expecting, you know, okay, Aphrodite or some sort of goddess thing is going to happen, and Paris is going to be whisked away, and his life will be saved. Um, No, he was, like, about to be killed, And then suddenly Menelaus like grows a conscience and then helps Paris up and then they sit down together and then they have this like little chat between them where he's like, oh, you're uh, not like your brother. It dawned on me. Oh, and in another life, we would be best
0: friends, I think. And then there's that. And I'm so sorry for the way I treated Helen. I feel like like a really shitty dude for that. Does she ever talk about me? (laughs) No dude, no, she doesn't. It was amazing. I loved that scene. I absolutely loved it. It's completely anachronistic and it was wonderful.
1: I know, I know. I loved it because I was just like, "What am I watching?" But it was fantastic. And and my favorite part was like where he's where where I think it was Paris was like so if your brother doesn't care about Helen, why are we trying to kill each other? And he's like, "Oh, good point." I don't know. And then he like it's like, okay, can you walk? He's like, yeah, I can walk. He's like, okay, bye. So he like walks out of the mist where apparently no one followed them or could see them. Then they're like, okay, he won the duel, ha, ha, ha. And then you see all the Trojans suddenly be like, I'm so sad. Oh, my God, he's dead. And then he just like stumbles out of the mist. And then Hector's like, oh, my brother, you are alive, but you can't fight because you're poisoned. And then he's like, I will take your place. And then challenges like, Menelaus first i think to finish it or no he challenges agamemnon and he's like yeah i'm gonna he's like i'm gonna fight to like finish the war he's like ha 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 uh uh-huh sure and then you get this two seconds of pleading from priam and hecuba where they're like no don't throw your life away and then and then you're like, oh my God, wait, so are they going to fight? Are they going to do this? Because, like, this Agamemnon is not afraid to do anything. So I feel like he would do it. And then you suddenly have Achilles be like, I speak for Agamemnon, so I will fight instead. Come at me. And you're like, excuse me, that's not how the duel went at all. And then he's like, does this little bit of trickery where he's like, okay, you get the first shot. And then literally turns around. So his back is facing. And then you see poor Hector, he's like, conflicted and then he's like he might do it he might not and then he's like no i can't and then he just kind of like puts his spear down and I's like i don't fight that way and then to have achilles not even be like okay i'm gonna fight you he just like whips around and he's like well i do and then like throws his spear and hector just dies without a struggle i'm like excuse me that's not the hector i know it was straight up murder
0: <laughs> yeah and then he and then he still does the whole tying him to the chariot and driving around the city. And then there's a, a scene later in the Greek camp, and he's still just driving Hector's body in a circle around the campfire, going, Aah! and he's just. It's at that point I realized you're just a dick. Like there is no grieving for your lost cousin, lover, boy, best friend, whatever. You're not grieving. You're just being a dick. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's you can.
1: There was no. Reason there's there's, the, I mean, without Patroclus, you strip out all reason or under like understanding for why on earth he would want to humiliate Hector so much. I mean, you already killed him with like zero fight, just leave him there, but no you still drag him around. And then he just, for the rest of that night, he's just like driving around and around in the Greek camp going, ah ah, and they're all like, Achilles. And, and just everyone's ah. cheering like, Achilles, Achilles. What
0: is and you're like, what did there? he Are you do- all not
1: tired? Uh, I just, I think I didn't like that there was no character development. And that I was a little critical because I'm just like, look, this is a very main character. We have a lot of textual stuff. And they stripped him of, like, any kind of personality. He's just a brute. But they don't even emphasize that he's, like, the best of the Greeks. There's no—he has the best skill. There's just—he's a big, tall puppet. So I didn't like how—like, the other adaptations we've seen, at least they've made a deal about how he's the son of a goddess and how he's, like, Mm -hmm. powerful and he's the most skilled and talented and it makes sense— and for this just to not have any sort of. No, nah, I was just like, what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was. It, it, the whole. A lot of the other adaptations, at least part of the plot has been driven around Achilles and Briseis and Criseis and, and Agamemnon and, and Patroclus and the whole thing, as it should, because that's right. That's how so much of the Iliad is powered, is by that plot line. So removing it completely was both a very interesting choice. But left some kind of gaping holes in, like you said, character development. And why what? are they there for 10 years? And because surely Achilles didn't need to sulk for 10 years because he didn't have Briseis taken from him. Or, I mean, maybe he did and we just didn't see it. You know, he's just been out killing people. The whole <laughs> but like, he didn't sulk at all. So I was
1: like, what? uh okay so yeah i was just i was i was very confused when you leave such massive things out
0: um but then but then you put theseus kidnapping helen in because that is somehow more important i just i i loved i loved everything about this even the confusing what the hell bits it was so fun Um, And I do want to talk about Helen because I I feel she's obviously the titular character and she needs, she needs some discussion. We go from like willful headstrong disobedient child to willful headstrong disobedient adult. And I think this is the only adaptation where a, I have liked her unequivocally. Liked her, even Troy fall of a city where she's sympathetic. She's not terribly likable, um, and in this one, I'm I'm just okay. You're fun, and you are genuinely doing your best. And like, she tries to go back, and the Priam convinces her, no, 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 we'll we'll protect you. You'll be fine. And then she tries to go back again, and then Agamemnon's like, no no truce, no trade, we're just going to destroy the city, which, from the characterization of Agamemnon we've seen, he was going to do all along anyway. But she has a personality. She has, um, like, like in Fall of a City, she has motive for leaving Menelaus and for going with Paris, but this was more... Because I feel like because she didn't have Hermione and because you see Menelaus abusing her, I don't know what else we can call the random naked parade. I, it's abuse. Because because you see that. And you. I get the feeling they weren't actually married for terribly long by the time Paris appears. It's not like she has this life that she has just decided. Well, I mean... Again, Fall of a City, she didn't just decide she didn't like it. The feeling is she never liked it, and this is her one opportunity. But in this, she didn't even have a life. There's no relationship with her husband. There's no daughter. And she's very, very young. She can go, essentially. Um, I I just, I really, really liked her, and I was not expecting to. And the opening scenes irritated me. I, Yeah, exactly. The opening scenes irritated me. Because of the whole child thing, I think when you get an adult woman to act like a petulant ten-year-old, it is jarring. No matter how well she does it, <laughs> but then I kind of once they got past that bit, and after she's a grown-up and um, kind of trying to influence her world in a way that she well, the only way she can, I really enjoyed her.
1: I was yeah, I was I was a bit shocked by. It. How much I didn't hate her, um, and I mean hand in hand with her herself being given more of a personality and a weird, inaccurate backstory, but a backstory nonetheless. Um, like it, yeah, made it easier to see her for the decision she made. Um, yeah, and
0: yeah, like the backstory it makes her a full person. In all of the other adaptations, you don't meet her until Paris does. And then she's just kind of this thing that he wants. And in this one, while the while her seeing him in the pool was, again, completely anachronistic, it serves as a corollary to Paris seeing her in the apple. And it's more of a, they're both working towards this end goal rather than, He's just going to get this woman that he's been promised. They've been promised to each other, and this is what they both want. And because you see that, she doesn't seem as um as fickle, as capricious, as like uncaring as some of the other Helens do.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I just um this was also shocking to me because it's the first adaptation where I haven't just immediately poo pooed and hated the their romance. Um cuz yeah normally for all the reasons we've said i mean you're just kind of like oh okay gross whether she ran away or was stolen it's just kind of grody and and it's so funny because um you know like the Brad Pittroy tries so hard to make this seem like a like a star-crossed lover's thing. And it's like they need each other so badly because I just wanted to walk into the sea and disappear every day. I was with Menelaus and, oh, woe is me. And then you're like, uh-huh, uh-huh, okay, puke. Uh. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then this one, I didn't actually hate the romance. And it was like the first time. That I didn't mind it because I was kind of like you know it's they managed to actually make it a bit sweet um
0: yeah and Paris has a spine yes which helps yes and again <laughs> fall of the city I Paris is is well done I think he's he's a decent character but the others especially the Troy movie I mean you're not supposed to like him in that he's just, yeah, well, the less said about that, the better. But in this one, he has a spine. He's a little bit arrogant at times, which I found a very interesting choice. And I was kind of rooting for them, which I never do, ever. I know! Just doesn't
1: I, happen. I know. I was like, I was thinking like, wow, the power of storytelling, because they're actually making me semi-care about the romance? What? Mm-hmm. Um. So that was um shocking but yeah no no it was um much better done than other things so they kind of elicited the desired response I suppose from me
0: yeah I Um, I think they did oh we should before we finish talking about Clytemnestra as well yes yeah oh well hey
1: there's still the whole end part which is well as (laughs) you're getting oh god yes because you're as you're getting toward the end um after Helen tries to ask Cassandra what she can do to spare Paris's life and she's like well you have to go surrender to um, Agamemnon and she's like okay so she like sneaks down to the camp tries to trade herself he says no and then what you have is this random ass scene where as soon as he, like, rejects her, she, like, runs away. He's chasing her through this camp. And it's madness because Achilles is just in his chariot, like, riding in circles around a bonfire. And then what you have is, like, suddenly Paris is there. Like, takes off the disguise and then shoots Achilles in the heel and he's suddenly what? dead. And he's dead? <laughs> and you're like, um, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then he like finds Helen, only to literally be stabbed aggressively. Right then, Agamemnon later. just
0: appears from nowhere and like
1: stabs him several times. And then he's like, "Oh well, you gave me happiness. Bye." Uh. You know, and you're like, "Oh God, okay, what's gonna happen?" And then, and then it just like kind of. And then Helen ends up being rescued even though she's in the middle of the greek camp but then she ends up back in troy where they like no one also seems to
0: mourn paris yeah no one mourns paris or indeed hector i mean there's a little bit of sadness over hector but like paris is literally never mentioned again he just was murdered and no one no one cares
1: no don't you get that one shot there's that one frame though i think of a funeral pyre where she's crying Oh no, you're right. There is.
0: Sorry, I apologize. So she
1: okay, but but there but it's not very ball. long, and there's no dialogue. No. But you just no. you see a burning pyre, you see her crying, and then the very next scene is the Trojan horse. Cut to horse. the
0: Greeks leaving.
1: Yeah, and then the Trojan horse, and then
0: they shoot it with arrows. And oh wait, wait, sorry. Before we do that, she goes. She goes back to see Cassandra, and says, "I gave." Or does that come afterwards? Either way, she says, "I like, look. I gave myself up." to Agamemnon and he still died what the hell and Cassandra looks at her and said you didn't surrender did you I was like "Ooh, ooh, poignant yeah poetic
1: I like it so then you're like oh shit um and she was like yeah okay well you're right I didn't but uh, okay um but yeah so then you have like the short celebrations and then within like 10 minutes movie time tops um the Greeks break out they come into the city. Um, they start burning and pillaging um, with They took Priam. great delight in the pillaging process.
0: They did. But there were several tests. shots of gleeful Greeks just carrying gold away.
1: I'm like, okay, yeah. okay. And I was like, well, I was like yeah. And I was like, yeah, because all this gold would be in the lower city where the poor people are. Absolutely, but- it's where I keep my gold. <laughs> but okay. So yeah, and then you have this like very short scene of um, Priam... Is there with like a stricken Hecuba who's just kind of like lying on
0: a bed? Um, I in, feel like a... she she kind of has maybe lost touch with reality a little bit following the death of Hector because she's lying on the bed saying, "I can hear the and Alexander, I can hear the children playing. Are they well?" And Priam's like, "They're they're very well. You've given me beautiful children. When they grow up, they will make you so proud." And then he turns around and and Greeks in your bedroom. I don't you just hate it when that happens
1: yeah and then he's surrounded and then he's like spare my wife and then Agamemnon's like I'm not playing and then he just stabby, like, stabby stab. stabs him and then leaves and he's I am like, taking uh.
0: far too much glee out of this I feel
1: <laughs> but it was just like so much of it was so just like random and sudden that you have to be kind of gleeful because you're like um okay um so that happens and I think honestly for me the most shocking thing of the entire like two and a half almost three hour they call it a mini series, but on YouTube it's like put into one. So it's basically like a long movie. Um was he finds like so so the deal when going to Troy was that he would take the city and his brother would have his wife back. Um but I was not prepared and there was no warning. So I was really like, oh my God. So definitely yeah, spoiler warning. It does need a trigger warning because so they bring Helen to him menelaus is like strangely just like around kind of across the courtyard and then and then yeah and then she's just like looking at agamemnon like you're horrible and then he's like see this is what happened and then proceeds to violently rape her
0: yeah. which while was
1: looking at his brother with a really evil face and and for menelaus to it was horrible and he starts charging and then you see the most emotion out of him in like the entire thing where he's like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, yeah, this is not, I was like, uh, mm, 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 mm. so I, I was, was like... expecting
0: some kind of something between Helen and Agamemnon just because how they've had her looking at, he had him looking at her throughout yeah. the whole thing. But not movie. that, he does... right? No, no. I was like, maybe he gropes her and Menelaus appears and smacks him across the face and Takes his wife back, not expecting sudden and brutal rape, violent, yeah, yeah, and the fact that like
1: Menelaus was absolutely powerless to defend his wife,
0: yeah, and the the Agamemnon's guards are just like holding him back. Interesting, okay, interesting.
1: Um, so I was shocked, and then
0: Clytemnestra is in Troy. Yeah, and then she's suddenly in Troy and you're like,
1: why Just is she? She appears. In Troy? How
0: did you get here? Like And airplane, she sees did you But she
1: sees Helen um sitting like half naked in like a torn Yeah, we've kind of
0: cut to a bathroom. Like a a big romance. Well it was the bath same thing. bath
1: where Helen was taking that bath with Paris. So it's like the baths of Troy. Right, yeah. So he's like celebrating, like but but he's randomly in this bath and you see Helen, poor thing, like sitting on the edge naked and beat up and then Clytemnestra comes and she's all um like big sisterly and she's like I will cover you like go I want to protect you and then you just have Agamemnon being like what did I tell you Clytemnestra to not meddle in my affairs of state you may bear my children but anything else you're useless for and then she's just like right because at
0: the beginning at the beginning sorry because this ties directly back to an earlier scene when Mm -hmm. um Agamemnon and, and Helen are leaving Sparta when Paris is there and um, Helen's like on the ramparts like essentially saying goodbye to her sister as they go back to to Mycenae you have Agamemnon doing his creepy staring thing and Clytemnestra has seen him do it a couple of times before and like the camera has like made it very clear that she's seen him staring at her sister and she walks up to him and says, no man can have everything that they possess. And Agamemnon calls the priest over and says, um, my wife thinks that no man can rule the world. And I'm like, that's not what she said, actually. And priest is like, oh no, the gods decree, you'll rule the whole of I mean, that that's still not the world, but okay, you know, fair enough. And then the priest goes and Agamemnon says to Clytemnestra, essentially, you will bear my children. Stay the fuck out of everything else. And then they leave. So then this scene, she does the same she's trying to protect her sister and he says i told you before stay the hell out of my business and then she like unveils this large net and throws it over him
1: in the bath and then just like 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 runs and jumps onto him with her knife and and then you just get this like graphic scene of her like sitting on top of him just like this is like the only
0: graphically violent because even the rape scene you see the faces but that's kind of it. This is the only graphically violent scene, I think, yeah. in the yeah. whole series. She's just she, like
1: just stabbing yeah. and stabbing and stabbing, and then he drowns in the bathtub, and you are like, "Oh, okay." And then she leaves, and you are like, mm-hmm. "Also, I did enjoy the uh, the sword." Dro- they they emphasized like she gets up and then like has the sword in her hands and then just drops. It. And I was like, "Hey, that's like a mic drop before a mic drop." So I didn't want to call it a mic drop because it's not a mic. But I was like, sword drop. So, um, yeah, that was pretty epic and graphic. And then she just leaves. And then it cuts to, like, Helen going back to the exact spot where Paris died. And then she has this, like, dream sequence where she's like, I miss you. Take me to where you are. And he's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he just, like, appears. And he's like, I love you, but no, I can't do anything. Bye. And you're like, um. That was unnecessary. And then suddenly Menelaus finally finds her. Finally
0: finds his wife. And then this whole movie like, is one man's absolute failure to find his wife in a sissy.
1: Yeah. And then, and then she's like, oh my God, he's going to kill me. So then she just like takes her hair and is like ready. And she's like, okay, he's going to behead me or whatever. And then he's like, why would you think I would do that? He's just very, he was very confused. Um, he was, yeah. And then she gives this whole, I cannot love you, I even after. You, and like, and he was, okay? yeah, he was strange. He's just like, okay, what are you going to do now? And then, shockingly <laughs> enough, she was like, follow. I will follow I you. Just follow, yeah. And he's like, I accept. And you're All like, right. excuse me? And so, like, you, you literally just have, like, <gasps> him walking off with her just, like, randomly walking behind him willingly. Which was so different the compared Menaleus to, like, Menelaus at the end everything. of this series is a real sweetheart. Yeah, you're like, oh, I like you. Like, when <laughs> when did you get all, like, like respectful and just kind Touchy-feely of... Touchy-feely and...
0: Yeah. Women's rights. Yeah. Also, he yeah. didn't
1: seem to... I just... There was no, my brother is dead. No... Also, well, he should have sailed home. So I was like, okay, that's weird. Um... Yeah, I just I was I was very, yeah. I just like speechless, just kind of like, what did I just watch? What, uh, okay, um, yeah. Well, also because I was I was comparing and contrasting it with Fall of City, where you know you get the the very emotional Helen, who yes, she betrayed the Trojans, uh, and and then she goes back with the Greeks, but then she has this pointed thing where she was, um, where that Helen tells her Menelaus, you know. You can have my body in your bed, but it will just be an empty shell. My heart, you, yeah. my heart, my heart stays here.
0: It's like, just, okay, the yeah. body was the only bit I was interested in.
1: Yeah. So he's like, you know, I didn't care about your personality. So this is win, 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 win for me. Um. So the Why fact we've done this to begin with, right? So the fact that like that version of Helen was like an unwilling participant to go back with him as his booty, essentially. Um, to this one where she was like, no, I will willingly follow you because I have nothing. Um, yeah. Um, very different endings for our Helen. Um, like this one, I actually kind of felt, I didn't feel like worse for her, but I just felt like differently for her because it was like her choice at the end where she wasn't because she wasn't being taken as a as a as a captive where her fate would have been worse than death. This was just like I am choosing to go, which leaves you with a very different feeling than with poor other Helen being like, "Well, my body mm-hmm. will be used and abused, and I'm unwilling and I hate everything."
0: Bye, like yep. Yep.
1: different, you know.
0: And you feel the the different Menelaus characterizations. I feel like this Menelaus will probably just leave her be. Yeah, I mean, he was
1: kind of like, hey, as long they'll as... They'll live together, to- hopefully,
0: they'll be friends, maybe, but...
1: Yeah, like, I just, gonna- I felt like, you know... I, I, I
0: don't feel there's sexual abuse in her future, is what I'm getting at.
1: No, not at all. No, because this one very much struck me as like, especially when, when they were like coming to that sort of deal between them, I feel like he was like, look, as long as you agree to do your duty, we'll just be friendly and I won't harass you about trying to make you love me because I know it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like Like, this one took rejection mm-hmm. surprisingly well. He was very grown up about it. Uh-huh. I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah, I was cuz all the others he definitely is not taking rejection very well. He's like, no, "I no. am king. You must love me um or at least do your duty, you know, something." Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I Yeah, I don't know. How did you feel about the end of this one? I
0: I felt it was very fitting for the characters they'd shown us um i just honestly the whole thing was delightful barring the rape scene it was just delightful it was fun it was very well acted it was cheesy as all hell and i i think that's probably why i enjoyed it so much as opposed to something like the troy movie which is trying to take itself entirely too seriously and this kind of I mean, making a movie out or even a miniseries out of an epic poem is difficult. You've got gods to deal with. You've got people doing bizarre things. And the Fall of a City did it very well, playing it as straight as they did. And they really kind of lent into the tragedy aspect of it. But then you get dark and gritty. Right. And dark and gritty works, but it's also depressing as all hell. This, I think, trod a nice line between the tragedy of, of the war and what happened and just a fun movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, with epic stories. I, I, I feel like they, they did what Troy, the movie, was aiming for and missed because they were being too serious with it.
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting because now looking at the now three different um, theatrical sort of um, adaptations, you know, and, and the books. But um, it is it is interesting because I definitely would say, yeah, I didn't have fun, per se, watching the other two. Fall of the City, dark, gritty, depressing. It works well. It leans into it. If you want to go for the, the the tragic aspect, it's great for Fall of the City. Um, yeah, the Brad Pitt, I mean, I suppose... I will say that's an entertaining watch where you will be entertained um, and, and it'll hold your attention. But I don't have fun watching it um, unless, you know, I'm trying to make fun of it as I analyze the shit out of it. But um, yeah, no, I guess I just I'm, I'm very just entertained this one i was like i was laughing i was kind of like repeatedly like what the fucking every two seconds i was like why is this random person here but i love it um i just like yeah i would say i was gleeful for most of it um which is something yeah. you
0: don't normally get it's kind of the, a lot of the violence was kind of cartoon violence like slapstick, even almost. though it was real people yeah yeah uh yeah which you don't Again, expect from something
1: the- like this, like slapstick. No, absolutely
0: not. not. Yeah, it, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it, and I did like one of one of the problems I have with the Iliad as a whole is that you don't get Agamemnon's ends, and obviously that's a deliberate choice because the story ends at Troy. It's a story about Troy fine and if you know classics you know what happens to agamemnon anyway but i think one of the problems with adaptations that leave him alive at the end there's this unresolved conflict for viewers who are not familiar with his whole story arc because he's he's awful he's just unremittingly awful except except in war goddess but we've, we've talked about how that's just a completely different character He's awful. You don't want him alive at the end. Having him alive at the end feels just wrong. And I think even though it's not, it's changed, it's not as it is written. I think having Clytemnestra in Troy, whether she teleported or just sailed for a really long time, who knows, having her there, having her defending her sister and having her avenge her daughter and having Agamemnon as dead as he really should be given what he's done through the course of the movie it was much more satisfying for me a much more satisfying end to the the series i think than if he'd sailed home
1: yeah no i definitely i definitely agree um i do like because because it's so long and it's expanded you do get I mean, and yeah, the prologue helped, I think. It was fun and weird mm-hmm. and just, like, so trippy and random, but it it really <laughs> helps build up full characters. But it was great. Yeah. yeah, it helps build up full characters. Um, yeah, again, I don't think I'll ever be on board with the repeatedly calling a clear woman a child, but <laughs> sure... <laughs> I mean, if anything, it just makes you laugh your ass off when you see a clearly so surreal, like full-grown woman who's probably like 35, calling her like, and she's so
0: sexualized through that half-hour opening. Yes, because everything. If 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 she's a child, then then portray her as one. Don't have her dressed up, like showing a ridiculous amount of leg, especially in the banquet scene. Yes, like Clytemnestra's wedding banquet. She's just reclining on the couch with her dress hiked up almost past her thigh <laughs> yeah I mean she's a beautiful woman yeah absolutely no question there but if you're calling her a child if you want the audience to believe she is a child and if you want the audience to believe that the rest of the cast believes she's a child then like dress her like one yes and yes. and yeah it was that was I think that was the the thing that bothered me the most but it was hilarious, yeah, no, and was- fantastic at the same time as bothering me. So you know, I'm not even mad about it. I know, I know. Isn't that the great part? No, well, it.
1: I don't know. It yes, the, that they had some interesting choices. The uh, interesting choices were made, especially wardrobe. But um, yeah, no, I just I had a ton of fun and like actually like most of the adaptations we've seen, um, I found it to be personally enjoyable because it's also like like I know they try to sex up the the characters in certain ways or the romance and the this and the other thing but um it's a completely bisexual smorgasbord of like yum which I love because every time I watch this I'm like please sex everyone up I am so here for it just not if you call them a child but um if Yeah, but if they're not called children and you're going for the like everyone needs to be sexy, then I'm like, I want every single person here because they
0: are beautiful. Yeah, they were, they were, with the exception of Achilles, because he. Uh, This one was freaked me out a little bit. Yeah, this one was just like,
1: Uh... but he. This one he really did for the description of big dumb brute. Like he
0: did, and I feel like that was probably the brief he was given. Yeah. I think this was the character that he was given and I think he played it really really well. He did uh, if that I was personally did not was given. like it very much. No because um, he's supposed to be more philosophical
1: like that he was the- hilarious. Yeah that yes he was entertaining and if this is what they gave him then like bless him for doing so well but I I do like my Achilles more like in the style of the David Gyasi Fall of a City version is like the philosophical dude who was like, I'm not gonna just do stupid random things. There has to be a reason. Um yeah, but but you know, probably it feels
0: like you could just wind him up and point him in the direction of the thing you want destroying and let him go. And there then, doesn't there doesn't need to be a reason, just just tell me where.
1: He's like the I'll have a party for no apparent reason once I've killed someone again the whole I am going to kill Hector for no apparent reason cheat and then just take my chariot around a bonfire going that was so funny I was like this is just so weird I shouldn't laugh a man is dead but also what are you doing I know right well and then there was no scene of like Priam coming to beg for Hector because well Achilles is already dead (laughs) <laughs> i was like i just don't understand like they gloss over
0: so many things um I, like there's yeah. no andromache there is no andromache Look, she's just the completely absent hector is a single man single and ready to mingle
1: i just don't understand how you <sighs> can include such vital characters that others
0: leave out but then for other vital characters
1: i'm like how how did the decision get just made skip
0: them entirely
1: I'm like, who decided? I think, that so have- I
0: don't know if they were trying to minimize the the like the trauma and the tragedy. I don't know if they thought, okay, wife and child is a step too far in terms of the tragic scale, so we're just going to ignore them.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe, but also, I don't know. I'm just like, why would you have the Iphigenia stuff and not have Briseis or yeah, at least right. Patroclus? Yeah. Like, like to me, yes, that's random. Yeah. Like I'm I'm one of those like either you have both
0: or you have neither because mm-hmm. to have one without the other and, is yeah. weird. And the thing is because because of how Achilles no, because of how Agamemnon was played in this, he's set up as a warmonger and a conqueror. He like you don't need the added goad of having lost his daughter to make Troy worth his while. It's already worth his while.
1: I just had it. yeah, I just, I, I, I the, the overarching thought I had about that entire thing was that um, I found it quite strange that you thought, that they thought it necessary to include the whole, a minor thing in the end, which is you need to sacrifice your daughter for wind, wind, um, but so you get that rationalization for why they can sail to Troy, but then when you have something as big as, why is Achilles angry? Why is he doing this? to not have anything. So I'm like, so you'll include the, I need a bit of wind and not the, you killed my
0: lover. Okay. Not the whole reason. Yeah.
1: So I just, that was um, a strange choice. So, um, yeah, if I want to go for, um, you know, something that's a bit more accurate for the original source material, I probably wouldn't choose this. But if I want a raging good ass time where I'm going to laugh my ass off gleefully... Then I will watch this. Um also I wanted to point out that um did you bother
0: to read any of the comments? I read like the first one where someone was saying this was their absolute favorite adaptation. And I'm like, you know what? I can really see why. But I no, I didn't read the rest of them. Yeah. YouTube comments are a trip.
1: They What they, did you find? Oh my god, they are. Um there was one I don't remember how far down, but it was like saying that like they loved this adaptation because um, this was still a better love story than Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, wait, actually though, like normally oh, wrong. I was like, Absolutely normally wrong. I was like, normally they're both bad. Cause I don't like Twilight's romance and I don't like this one. And I like this one like very horribly, like not at all. But um, for this particular portrayal, I was like, yeah. Also, though the the fact that there was this one person who said that um, that they loved this portrayal of Paris and said that th- that Paris and Helen had been uh, his favorite
0: couple in mythology since he was eight years old. Um, I was like, you've not been reading enough mythology, friend. If Paris and Helen are your favorite, yeah, that's why I was just like, I will introduce you to some alternatives. I think. <laughs> Yeah. So I was kind of
1: just like, uh, okay. So yeah, no, I just, I found it really funny because I always, if it's on YouTube, sometimes I'll just check to see what people are thinking about a certain adaptation. And so I just, I, yeah, I did, I went down like a rabbit hole and I thought it was so funny because half of these are just like mind bogglingly funny. And yeah. Yeah. Um, I think definitely, overall is that this was one of our favorite entertaining gleeful um productions of it
0: um I definitely want to rewatch it if you're looking for historical accuracy don't go for this one but no. like you said watch it and have fun
1: although it might be well it, with the exception of the rape scene um I think it also is one of the better ones to show your children because it's not as gory as any of the others I mean even the Brad Pittroy. Um, which is far less gory than Fall of a City. It was still gory. Um, you know, so if you just fast forward or skip the rape scene and maybe the Clytemnestra killing Stabby Stabby scene, um, I don't know. You're a mother, would you show this to your thirteen
0: year olds i know. would my 15 year old would be fine uh i would not show it to. My, well the four-year-old would also be absolutely fine because he wouldn't really understand an awful lot of what was going on <laughs> mm, probably would skip the nine-year-old
1: ah okay okay
0: i mean yes no, it, my 15 it, year old would be fine with it
1: okay yeah i don't know i guess it depends on um you know for each parent how Maybe it's a kid-by-kid basis. Your mileage may
0: vary, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's a a kid-by-kid basis. Um, And and also how much you're willing to expose your children as a parent. Because let me tell you, my movie experience, uh, my mom was like the she must be sheltered and she cannot watch anything that's in the wrong rating until she's that age. And then my dad proceeded to show me Lord of the Rings at 10 years old when it's PG-13 and it's violent as hell. And my mom was pissed that I saw something so gory. But I loved it. And I was not... She thought I was going to be scared and, like, traumatized. And I was like, no, this is the best thing ever. And then um, I was like, yeah. And I was, like, the only kid in my age group that had seen all three uh, of those. And all, like, the Matrix films by the time I was, like, 11 or 12. And everyone else's parents were like, you're letting her do what now? And, you know, my dad's like, oh, no, she's very mature. You're not allowed
0: to play at that house anymore.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And my dad was like, no, she's very mature. So... We loved it. Um, You know, we totally recommend watching it. um, And uh, you know, I don't know. Drop us a line. It's on YouTube,
0: so go watch it for free. Yeah, and then comment, and then email us. Tell us what you think.
1: Yeah, email us. Tell us what you think because we want to hear what you guys think. Uh, Obviously, we're you know what we think. We're reviewing it, but we want to know what you think. So, uh, yeah. Well, I think that's. And unless you have any final thoughts, no, that's us. We'll see you next week. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on social media at The Reading Party Podcast. If you'd like to leave us a book or movie suggestion, then email us at thereadingpartypod at gmail.com. See you next week. (laughs)